0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. West
1: Guys, West Guys, West Guys, Chris Guys, West Guys, Tracy Guys, West Guys, Guys, West Guys, West Guys, West Guys,
0: Tracy Lockins, uh-huh. Tracy Lockins, guys, West guys, West
2: and welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Live here on the Worldwide Sports Network on this Thursday, January the 20th. Live here on the Wise Guys Sports Show with your boy Trey Larkins. Everybody, remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Oh, we got the action jam pack show. It's NFL Divisional Round of the playoffs, the best weekend in the NFL playoffs. We got some big-time matchups. We got the Green Bay Packers playing against the San Francisco 49ers at Lambeau Field. So my Packers meet the 49ers again In the postseason. So I'm going to bring on a little bit later on the show 49er fans, Christian Bradley and Mike Drock, and also my fellow Packer brother, Daryl Owens from the Legacy Sports Show. Also, we got Tom Brady facing off against Matthew Stafford and Tampa Bay this weekend. Rams, Bucks for the right to go to the NFC Championship game. And then we have in the AFC, Bengals versus the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry is going to be back in the lineup for the Tennessee Titans. And also we got Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, Bills, Chiefs at Arrowhead, a rematch from the AFC Championship game last year. So that's going to be a big time matchup. It's NFL division around the playoffs. It's going to be an action jam packed show, but we got to start off with this.
1: They're one play away. And the Raiders pull another one out. Fourth and goal. The season comes down to this. it's paring zone. It is, part of the zone. is it. And for the first time in 31 years,
0: Cincinnati.
2: Your Bengals one playoff game. Yes, it happened here in Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals finally broke the playoff drought. They beat the Raiders 26-19. It's the Bengals' first playoff win since 1990. They had previously lost eight straight playoff games. It was the longest active drought in the NFL. For the Bengals, Joe Burrow, he had a great game. with went 24-34. He threw for 244 yards, two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, he had nine receptions. 116 receiving yards for the Bengals. Derrick Carr had a pretty good game as well for the Raiders. He, he went 29-54. He threw for 310 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. But opening topic of the day, I got my Packers gear on. We in the NFC division around the playoffs, number one seed in the NFC. But I'm going to take off my Packers hat for, for, for a few minutes and show some love to the hometown Cincinnati Bengals, as they finally got it done. Everybody know here in the city, when I talk about the NFL, when I talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and how they haven't won a playoff game since I've been born and how this has been a laughingstock of the NFL and how Mike Brown is one of the worst owners in the NFL, I got to give credit where credit is due because I actually picked the Raiders to beat the Bengals last week on wild card weekend here at Paul Brown Stadium. I thought just something was going to go wrong for the Bengals because it always does in the postseason. You remember back in 2015, Vontez Berfic had got an interception and the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't even have Ben Roethlisberger in that game, I believe, and the, the Steelers end up getting a fumble after Hill fumbled for the Bengals. Steelers got the ball back. Vontez Berfic had a late hit on Antonio Brown that you know, was against the rules and the Steelers got into field goal range and they beat the Bengals in that matchup, a game the Bengals should have won. You remember back in 2006, I believe in the playoffs, the year the Steelers won the Super Bowl, that year Carson Palmer, he got injured in that game. That was the year when the Bengals had Chad Ochocinco, they had TJ zada they had Chris Henry, RIP to Chris Henry. They had squad that year, and the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Bengals here at Paul Brown Stadium, went on to win the Super Bowl. So the Bengals have had so many obstacles to overcome in the postseason, so many hurdles to get over. And you know when you in the NFL and you're in a playoff game, those demons can come back to haunt you. Like, you, you can. it's a mental hurdle that you have to get over, and I got to give credit to Zach Taylor – and his football team for being able to overcome the obstacles that they had even in this game. Because in the second half, the Bengals only scored six points. Like in the first half, they jumped out and they got off to a great start in this game. They were up 20 to 13 at halftime over the Raiders. So I thought the Bengals did a great job moving the football, you know, in the first half, you know, you had the Tyler Boyd touchdown. And then you also had – the um the, the touchdown by TJ or CJ Mazada as well. So I thought the Bengals did a great job at you know building up a lead against the Raiders and making Derek Carr and the Raiders play from behind in this game and then in the second half when the Raiders got the ball back and the Bengals you know had to get a defensive stop, I know all the Bengal fans, some of who are my family. I know they were thinking, here we go again because it just felt like Derek Carr and the Raiders were going to march down the field, tie the game up at 26 apiece. You go into overtime, you never know what could happen because the Raiders, at that point, they play with house money. The Raiders, they have won these type of games all season long. You saw in Week 18, the Raiders, they had to go to overtime against the L.A. Chargers. They beat the L.A. Chargers 35-32, to 32. and so the Bengals had an opportunity to put the game away. On the the last drive of the game for the Bengals, they had an opportunity to put the game away. I thought Zach Taylor got a little bit conservative. And in that moment, you got to put the ball in your young quarterback's hands like Joe Burrow. We've seen Joe Burrow make plays time and time again for the Cincinnati Bengals team, for the season. Joe Burrow, we got 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He had 4,611 passing yards this year. He had seventy. Percent completion percentage, which is the best in the NFL. I thought on that last drive for the Bengals, Zach Taylor should have put the ball in Joe Burrow's hand. But he waited to third down to put the ball in Joe Burrow's hand. And then Joe Burrow threw the ball to CJ Uzama. You knew it was going to be short, and you knew the Raiders were going to get the football back. And the Raiders have done this all season long. And then on the following drive, the Raiders, they're marching down the field. We get to fourth down car he completes a pass to Deshaun Jackson Jackson he just came out of nowhere caught a pass on fourth down and so the Bengals are already in I mean, the Raiders I'm sorry they're already in Bengals territory and you just wonder if the Bengals are going to be able to make a play to be able to win this game and win their first playoff game in 30 years and then they got into the red zone and I know the heart's We're pumping here in Cincinnati at every bar, every household, everybody had the game on Saturday afternoon here in Cincinnati. Everybody had the game on. So you know everyone was watching. Like, what are the Bengals going to do? They are the favorites in this game, the better quarterback in this game. They are a better overall team than the Las Vegas Raiders are this season. They beat the Raiders earlier this year, 32 to 13. But for some reason, the Bengals always. Make their fans sweat. And so I was sitting there at a bar Saturday afternoon as the Raiders are driving down to tie the game up. And we got to third down. And I think Derek Carr had rolled out to his left, threw a pass to Renfro. Renfro had stumbled in the end zone. They didn't call pass interference. I thought no Bingo fans, they thought they were going to call pass interference at that moment, but it wasn't a pass interference. And then you had the fourth down where Jermaine Pratt caught the interception. Derek Carr, he threw it to zay jones Bengals defense read it well jermaine pratt caught the interception and the Bengals won their first playoff game in 30 years so you know it was it was a it was a great atmosphere to watch the playoff game with the Bengals fans my packers earned the number one c in the nfc so i didn't have to sweat this past weekend i'll be sweating this weekend upcoming, but I ain't had to sweat this past weekend. So I'm watching the game thinking like, y'all better get it done. Y'all the favorites. Y'all have the better quarterback. Y'all already beat the Raiders in the regular season. Y'all better get it done. And then, like I said, in the second half, the Bengals just, they didn't really put up no points and pretty much take off on the Raiders like I thought they were. Like I kind of thought they let the Raiders stick around and Raiders found themselves in a position to possibly win the game late and send it to overtime, but I got to get a biggest credit from this perspective. I thought the offensive line did a great job. They held the Raiders to only two sacks in the game. So I thought that was key. They, they held Crosby, the defensive lineman for the Las Vegas Raiders in this game. He only had, what did he have? Uh, two, two tackles. So I thought they did a great job, you know, holding Crosby. So only two tackles for the game so i want to give some credit to that Bengals offensive line they did a great job protecting joe burrow y'all know coming into the game joe burrow was the most sacked quarterback in the nfl i believe he's been sacked over 50 times this year so that Bengals' old line did a great job protecting joe burrow in this matchup also i thought the Bengals did a great job at holding the raiders to field goals once the raiders got in the red zone and that was the key in the game. The Raiders—they were able to move the ball in between the twenties, but once they got in the red zone, I thought the Bengals defense did a great job at holding the Raiders to field goals. So I want to show some love to Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, you know, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, you know, Sam Hubbard, Trey Henderson. They did a great job defensively at holding the Raiders to field goals because I thought if the Raiders were able to come away with touchdowns when they got into the red zone. I think the outcome in this game could have been different because the Bengals struggled in the second half at being able to score touchdowns of their own. So I thought that was the key. You know, all year long, we've been talking about the strength of this Bengals team. It's their offense. You got Joe Mixon in the backfield. You got Joe Burrow, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. You got Jamar Chase. You got Tyler Boyd in the slot. You got, you know, T. Higgins and C.J. Uzama. They got weapons all over the field offensively. I thought the defense showed up in this game and they contained Derek Carr for the most part in this game. I mean, Derek Carr, he had 310 passing yards, but I thought the key in this game was the first half turnover that the Bengals' defense created. They only got a field goal on that possession, but I thought that was a key play in the game and I thought it gave the Bengals' defense some confidence, like, okay, if we can get after Carr a little bit and create some turnovers, we got a chance to be able to win this game. Now, the one thing I want to say for the Bengals as they head into their matchup against the Tennessee Titans this weekend, they have to do a better job at establishing the running game. In this game, Joe Mixon, he had 17 carries for only 48 yards. If they want to have an opportunity to beat the Tennessee Titans, they need Joe Mixon and this Bengals rushing attack to be able to play at an elite level to beat this Tennessee Titans defense. They got that, That's what they're going to need. It can't just be Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It gotta be Joe Mixon involved in the offense as well. So that's one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing in this matchup against the Tennessee Titans on Saturday. But I, I had to come on here and show some love to the to my hometown squad, the Cincinnati Bengals. I know I give the Bengals, you know, a lot of a lot of flack, and I'm always, you know, trash talking to Bengal fans because you know I'm a Packers fan and we don't want Super Bowls and. Been to the playoffs multiple years, got one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, and Aaron Rodgers had Brett Favre before. So I've always been able to trash talk Bingo fans, but the Bingos finally got their first playoff win. So that is over. I'm not going to mess with Bingo fans and troll Bingo fans anymore. I'm done with that. They got their first playoff win. So congratulations to Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, and the city of Cincinnati for this win. And before I move on to the NFL division around the playoffs and preview those games. I got to say, the one thing about this Bengals team that is scary is the Bengals, they don't really know what they don't know. Like, I look at Joe Burrow, he talking in a post-game press conference, and he was talking about how this is the expectation going forward. Like, we're not just going to be celebrating playoff wins. We're trying to get deep into the postseason, you know, to the division around – to the AFC championship game. This is the expectation and the standard moving forward here in Cincinnati for the Cincinnati Bengals team. So that's what's scary for the rest of the NFL. This Bengals team is young. They are hungry. You got Jamar Chase. You got T. Higgins. You got Joe Mixon in the backfield. All of these players, most of them weren't even alive the last time the Bengals won a playoff game. And while they were going... On this drought in the 30 years, these players were young. So they don't even really, they don't really even care about the playoff drought. They just playing football. They go out there and saying, let's play football, let's get to it. We are our talented team. And why not us? That's been their motto, you know, since the playoffs have begun. Why not us? And I agree, why not the Cincinnati Bengals? So shout out to the Cincinnati Bengals and Zach Taylor and Mike Brown for getting their first win in 30 years. But it's time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, NFL, divisional round of the playoffs, big time matchups this weekend in the NFL. Let's start off in the NFC as we have the 4C LA Rams. Twelve and five during the regular season. They are traveling to the two seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were thirteen and four during the regular season. It's a Sunday afternoon start at three p.m. on NBC. And in week three, the Rams they beat the Bucks thirty-four to twenty-four in that game. Tom Brady went forty-one of fifty-five. He threw for four hundred and thirty-two passing yards one touchdown. Matthew Stafford, he had a great game. He went 27-38. He threw for 343 passing yards, four touchdowns. And in this matchup, let's start off with the rounds of Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, he has the most starts in NFL history, including the playoffs, before winning his first playoff game. He had 186 previous starts, before winning his first playoff game. That's the most starts since Fran Tarkenton. He had 174 prior starts before winning his first playoff game. And Odell Beckham, in the game, in wild Card against the Arizona Cardinals, Odell Beckham became the first player in postseason history with a 30-yard reception and a 30-yard touchdown or 30-yard pass. Also, Tom Brady. He's 14-2 in the divisional round of the playoffs. He has 35 career playoff wins. That's the most in NFL history. So those are some of the storylines, you know, going into this game. It's going to be an exciting matchup. Let's talk about this matchup and my expectations. So let's start off with the Rams offense versus the Bucks defense. During the regular season, Matthew Stafford, he had 41 touchdowns. 17 interceptions. He had 4,886 pass yards. He completed 67% of his passes. And you know, during the offseason, Sean McVay and the LA Rams, they traded for Matthew Stafford. They traded Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. And they basically wanted Matthew Stafford to get them back to the Super Bowl. General Manager Les Snead, you know, he made the deal for Matthew Stafford. They talked about how Sean McVay, you know, he wanted Stafford. And he convinced Lesney to make the deal for Stafford. I think Sean McVay, he felt like, hey, I'm at my maximal potential with Jared Goff. I can't go any farther with Jared Goff. I don't believe I could win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Now, you remember, Jared Goff led the... L.A. Rams to the Super Bowl. You remember they went up against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. So they got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as their quarterback. That was when they still had, you know, Todd Gurley on that team. And so they are a team that's been to the Super Bowl. They've been to the promised land. That was the 2000, you know, 2019 Super Bowl when the L.A. Rams got to the Super Bowl against Tom You know, Brady. So I think in that matchup, Sean McVay, he felt like they could have beaten the New England Patriots had they had a better quarterback. So that's why you saw them trade for Matthew Stafford. You remember in that game in the Super Bowl, the Patriots beat the Rams 13 to 3. So had the Rams had a better quarterback, I even believe they would have beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. In that Super Bowl, Brady only putting up 13 points. If you got Matthew Stafford, you expect Matthew Stafford to carry you home and be able to win that game. Jared Goff couldn't get it done. He couldn't get it done, and that's why you saw the Rams pull the trigger on this trade and bringing in Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford had a good season, but – I got my questions about Matthew Stafford as we get later in the postseason, because down the stretch during the last four weeks of the season, Matthew Stafford had eight interceptions. And so when we get into these playoff games, when you're going up against the likes of Aaron Rodgers, you know, Tom Brady, and then on the flip side, you got Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, you can't have your quarterback turning the football over. When you look at this Rams team, they have one of the most complete teams in the NFL. They got one of the best receivers in the NFL in Cooper Cup. You got Beckham, you know, on the other side, who's a great receiver, you know, in his own right. And he has emerged as a great weapon for Stafford in this Rams offense. And he's has rejuvenated his career now that he's back in L.A. And then you got Jefferson, you know, in the slot. In the backfield, they got Cam Akers back from injury. You remember earlier in the season, Cam Akers was supposed to be out for the season. They got him back in the mix. So defensively, you look at their defense. They got one of the best defenses in the NFL. They got two of the top 10 players on defense on their team in Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is an all-time great Defensive tackle. You got an elite pass rusher in Von Miller, who they traded for earlier this season. You still got Leonard Floyd, so they got the pieces and the personnel to be a Super Bowl contender. Now it's on Matthew Stafford, which is why I believe when it comes to head coaches, Sean McVay has the most pressure on him to get back to the Super Bowl and win more than any other coach remaining, because. You decided to trade for Matthew Stafford, Sean. So you said, if I get that guy, I can win the Super Bowl. Well, you got your guy in Matthew Stafford now, Sean McVay. Let's see what you can do in the postseason. And last week, you know, against the Arizona Cardinals. In that game, Matthew Stafford, he went 13 of 17, through for 202 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He only had 17 attempts. In this matchup against Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford is going to have way more attempts than 17. He's going to have somewhere in the ballpark of 25 to 30 pass attempts in this matchup against the Bucs. 17 pass attempts, we want to get it, get it done against Tom Brady. So I'm interested to see if Matthew Stafford can step up and make the plays necessary for the Rams to be able to win this game. Now, let's talk about Beckham in his... Reassurgence since he's been in LA. Odell Beckham in six games with the Browns this year. He had zero touchdowns. In nine games with the Rams, he has six. In the six games with the Browns, he had three red zone targets. In the nine games with the Rams, he has 10 red zone targets. With the Browns in the six games, he had two drops with the Rams so far. He has zero drops. So we have seen Odell Beckham reemerge as a big-time playmaker in this Rams offense, which is his indictment against Baker Mayfield, you know, and, you know, the head coach for the Cleveland Browns. And I think that's something that we got to keep in mind as we go forward because the Cleveland Browns, you know, and Kevin Stefanski, they didn't do a good job at being able to create opportunities for Odell Beckham to thrive in their offense, so it's an indictment against head coach Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield. Now that Odell Beckham is in the postseason and playing some good football, I don't think it's—I don't think it's a good look for Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski. I really, really don't. More so on Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski, because so I think Kevin Stefanski is a pretty good head coach, and I thought he did a good job at putting Baker Mayfield in positions to be successful. I just don't think Baker is that guy. That's another story for another day. But, you know, when you look at this Rams offense versus Bucks defense, the Rams have one of the worst rushing attacks in the NFL. They average 99 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 25th in the NFL. And defensively, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got one of the best defenses in the NFL with rushing yards per game. They only give up 93 rushing yards per game. That's ranked third in the NFL. So we know it's going to be hard for the Rams to be able to run the football because the Bucks front seven, you know, with Devin White at linebacker. Up front, you got Vita Veda, You got Ndamukong Su. They got some players up front who are hard to run against. That's why you see teams have to throw the football in order to beat this Bucks team. In week three, Matthew Stafford. He had 343 passing yards. Four touchdowns. It's going to take that type of performance in order for the Rams to roll into Tampa Bay and beat the defending Super Bowl champions. Matthew Stafford can't have 17 passing attempts. He can't have two interceptions. He can't turn the ball over if the Rams want to have an opportunity to win this game. So that's going to be a key for me. I want to see, you know, if Matthew Stafford can make the necessary throws for the Rams to be able to win this game. I don't believe they're going to be able to run the football with Cam Akers. I think they're going to struggle in the running game. But if he can protect the football and get the ball to his weapons in Odell Beckham, in Cooper Cup, in Jefferson, in Tyler Higby, I think the Rams have an opportunity to pull off an upset in Tampa Bay this weekend. But that's going to be key. That's going to be key because I think this Bucs secondary can be had. I don't really believe the Bucs have an elite secondary. I think they have a great front seven, but I think their secondary is suspect. And against the pass this year, the Bucks they give up 239 passing yards per game. That's ranked 21st in the NFL. So you could throw the ball on this Bucks defense. I mean, you look at their defensive backs, you know, in the back end, they lost Richard Sherman earlier This year. He's a veteran, but I don't think Richard Sherman is the playmaker that he once was anyway. But in the secondary, they got Sean Murphy Bunting. He's questionable for this game. The opposite corner is Carlton Davis. You got Jordan Whitehead at safety. You know, you got Antoine Whitfield, Mike Edwards. They got some guys in the secondary who are suspect. And I think you could throw the ball against that Bucks defense. Now, the Bucks offense versus the Rams defense. So for the season, Tom Brady, He had 43 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He had 5,316 total passing yards this season. He had an outstanding season. He was a legitimate NFL MVP candidate this year. And he is a part of the reason why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the NFC South and are the second seed in the NFC. I believe when I look at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, I believe last year they had the luxury of switching guys in and out and still their offense being able to play at an elite level. You know, if if you took out Antonio Brown, you could insert, you know, Mike Evans. If you took out Chris Godwin, you could insert, you know, uh, a Scotty Miller. And, you know, this year they don't have that luxury because they're dealing with so many injuries and then the situation involving Antonio Brown. This team this year. Is built differently because they have some great tight ends in Rob Gronkowski, in Cameron Brake, in O.J. Howard. I think that's going to be key for Byron Lefwich, the office of coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Tom Brady. They're going to have to put together a game plan that involves their tight ends. We know Rob Gronkowski is one of the greatest tight ends in the NFL, in NFL history, Overall, we know he has a connection with Tom Brady. So look for Rob Gronkowski to get a lot of targets in this game. And then you look at the weapons. You got Mike Evans. Now, you know, I thought Mike Evans, you know, did a great job last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. In that game, Mike Evans, he had nine receptions, 117 receiving yards, one touchdown. And so that's going to be key. For this Bucks offense. Antonio Brown is no longer on the team. Chris Godwin is out for the season. Who's going to step up in the receiving core if the Rams put Jalen Ramsey on Mike Evans? Who's going to be that second receiver to step up? Is it going to be, you know, Scotty Miller? Who's it going to be? You know, you know, is it is it going to be, you know, OJ Howard, the tight end? Who's going to be that second receiver? to step up in this Buccaneers' offense. Now, I think what's going to be key for the Bucs as well is their running game. Leonard Fournette, he is questionable for this game. He's been practicing this week. They don't know if he's going to play in this game, but Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be key if Fournette doesn't play in the game against the Eagles. Vaughn, he has 17 carries, 53 rushing yards, one touchdown. A proven veteran who's going to be key in this game. Giovanni Bernard. He's going to be key for this Bucks offense and their rushing attack. If they can run the football and not have Brady drop back to pass over 30 times in this game, they'll give themselves an opportunity to be able to move the ball against this Rams defense. It's going to be key. Vaughn and Bernard, if Fournette doesn't play, because we all know Leonard Fournette. He's a great player in the postseason. Last year, he did great at the running back position for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now it's going to be key for Vaughn and Bernard to step up in the absence of Fournette and Ronald Jones. He's also dealing with an injury, you know, going into this matchup. Also, up front, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got some injuries. Center, Ryan Jensen, he's dealing with an ankle injury. Also, you know, the tackle, Tristan Wirfs. He got injured in the playoff game last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. So if this Rams front four can put some pressure on Tom Brady, it could cause issues for that Bucks offense, and the Bucs could be in some trouble in this game. They could be in some trouble. Now, in week three, this is the Bucs offense in the regular season, week three against the Rams compared to everyone else. So points per game. Against the Rams in week three, the Bucs, they scored 24. Against everyone else, they scored 30 points per game. Their rushing yards per game. They had 35 rushing yards against the Rams. Against everyone else, they have 102. Yards per rush against the Rams, 2.7. Against everyone else, it's 4.4. And their percentage of being pressured is 27% against the Rams compared to 16% Against everyone else. So it's going to be important for the LA Rams to be able to apply pressure on Tom Brady. And you saw earlier this week, Aaron Donald, he came out and said, Hey, we respect Tom Brady and what he's accomplished, but that has nothing to do with this game. So this Rams defense, they aren't scared of Tom Brady. They're going to be up for the challenge. You know, when you talk about their players up front, you got Greg Gaines at nose tackle you got Aaron Donald you got Leonard Floyd Trayvon Howard at linebacker you know you you got Troy Reader a linebacker who's questionable for this game they traded for Von Miller you know who's a great pass rusher as well he was able to get a sack on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals last week we know Von Miller is a great playoff performer he dominated the Super Bowl which was Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl ring when the Broncos faced off against Cam Newton and the Panthers. So we've seen Von Miller make some plays in the postseason. If they can put some pressure on Tom Brady in this game, like I said, it could be some trouble for this Buccaneers offense. Now, the Buccaneers, because they have Tom Brady, they got one of the best passing attacks in the NFL. They averaged 308 passing yards per game. That's ranked first in the nfl so you know it's going to be important for the bucks to for the rams to apply some pressure on this bucks offense in total yards per game the bucks they average 415 total yards per game that's ranked second in the nfl they average 30 points per game that's ranked second in the nfl so we know they can put up points in a hurry but it's going to be important for the rams to apply pressure and with the injuries that the Buccaneers are dealing with up front, Wirfs and Jensen. I think they could struggle in this game against Aaron Donald and Gaines and you know Von Miller up front and Leonard Floyd. They could struggle in this matchup. The key matchup is going to be Mike Evans versus Jalen Ramsey. That's going to be key. If Jalen Ramsey can take Mike Evans out of the game and make one of these other receivers have to step up on this Bucks team. It could be trouble for the Bucks. Scotty Miller. I, I mean, like Scotty Miller, he had a, t- a, a touchdown catch, you know, in the NFC Championship game last year at Lambeau before the half ended. But you know, you got Tyler Johnson, Cyril Grayson. I mean, who's going to be that other receiver who steps up in this game? But I think the LA Rams have the more complete team. We saw the LA Rams beat. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week three, 34 to 24. I believe that the LA Rams are going to be able to apply pressure on Tom Brady. I think Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are going to have great games in this matchup. So I'm rolling with the LA Rams to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. I'm gonna roll with the Rams to beat them in Tampa 30 to 20. That's my score. I got Matthew Stafford, 30, Tom Brady, 20. So I think the Bucks run ends in the division around the playoffs against Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams. I believe Matthew Stafford gets his second playoff win. And I think the Rams are ready for this moment. I think the Rams are ready to punch their ticket to the NFC Championship game. And we're going to see what kind of team they are in this game, all the pressure is on the Rams. Sean McVay trading for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford trying to prove he deserves to be in that conversation for best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, got great defensive players like Aaron Donald, like Jalen Ramsey. We are want to see if the Rams can live up to the postseason pressure. Buccaneers, they won a Super Bowl last year with Tom Brady. Won his seventh Super Bowl ring. Bruce Arians. You know, one NFL Super Bowl championship. So I think the Bucks, you know, are playing you know loose. I think the Rams are the more complete team right now because of the injuries that the Bucks are dealing with. So I'm expecting the Rams to get it done in Tampa on Sunday afternoon. Let's transition and let's talk about the Bengals matchup against the the Tennessee Titans on Saturday. We got. The Cincinnati Bengals, who were 10-7 and on the season, they are traveling to Tennessee to take on Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee, they earned the number one overall seed in the AFC. Let's start off with the Bengals' offense versus the Titans' defense. We all know the Cincinnati Bengals, they are led by Joe Burrow for the season, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He completed 70% of his passes, which is NFL best. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. He is creeping his way into that top five quarterback conversation. That's how great Joe Burrow has been this year. And he's played great this year in big games for the Bengals. You remember earlier in the season, the Bengals went up against the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Burrow threw for over 500 passing yards in that game. And then the following week, they went up against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They were trailing in that game. And Joe Burrow brought the Cincinnati Bengals back in that game. They won that game, which means they won the AFC North. So they secured their playoff berth in that game. So Joe Burrow has shown an ability to play well in. Big time games like we saw at LSU when he won a Heisman Trophy for the LSU Tigers. Joe Burrow had 60 touchdown passes, only six interceptions. He completed over the over 76 percent of his passes. So every time there's a big time game, Joe Burrow plays his best when the lights are at its brightest. I don't expect anything to change in this divisional round matchup against the Tennessee Titans. I expect Joe Burrow to play great in this game. Now, let's talk about Joe Burrow when he targets Jamar Chase. This is including the playoffs. In weeks 8 through 15, Burrow's QBR when he throws to Jamar Chase was 30. Since week 16, his QBR when he throws to Chase is 98. Joe Burrow, his completion percentage when he targets Jamar Chase in weeks eight through 15 was 53 percent since week 16 is 79 percent and yards per attempt Joe Burrow in weeks eight through 15 it was 5.8 since week 16 is 14.9 when he targets Jamar Chase he has 507 passing yards over a three-game span so Joe Burrow when he gets the ball to Jamar Chase Good things happen for this Bengals offense. And y'all know on the season, Jamar Chase, he had a great rookie season. He had 13 touchdowns, 81 receptions. He had over 1,400 receiving yards, which which was a Bengals record for a rookie. Jamar Chase is one of the best young receivers we have in the NFL. When you talk about quarterback and receiver connections, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae, second to them are Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I've been saying all year long, hey, I need Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to prove it to me in big games that they can connect together and make plays for this Bigel's offense. They have proven that. So now I think they are the second duo when it comes to quarterback-receiver connections in the NFL, only second to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So that's how big time Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow has been so far this season. Like I mentioned earlier, I think a key for this Bengals offense is going to be getting the ball to Joe Mixon. I think that's going to be key because if you can establish the run with Joe Mixon and you can take some pressure off Burrow, even though we know Burrow can thrive in pressure moments, if you can run the football, With Joe Mixon, that is another way the Bengals can pull off the upset and be able to win this game. When you're one dimensional, it limits what you can do offensively. The teams who are great in the postseason are teams who can run the football and also can rely on their quarterbacks to throw the ball when necessary. If the Bengals can run the football with Joe Mixon, that will be a recipe for success. In this matchup against the Tennessee Titans on the season, the Bengals they average 103 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 23rd in the NFL. That's not good. They need to run the football with Joe Mixon with Perriman. and that will open up the passing game for Joe Burrow to be able to get the ball to his weapons in Jamar Chase, in T. Higgins, and the Tyler Boyd. So that's going to be key because if the Titans have to bring eight nine in the box and that creates one-on-one matchups with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins against those Titans DBs, that could be disaster for the Tennessee Titans. Against the run this year, the Tennessee Titans, they're ranked second in the NFL. They only give up 85 rushing yards per game. So it's going to be important to see who can win that matchup, the Bengals' offensive line versus the Tennessee Titans' defensive line. The Tennessee Titans, they've been great all year long against the run. And that's going to be key. I I want to see who can win that matchup. Last week, again, the Bengals offensive line, they did a great job holding the Las Vegas Raiders defensive line in check. They only got the Joe Burrow in that game twice. So if the Bengals can establish the running game and protect Joe Burrow up front, I think the Bengals can expose this Tennessee Titans defense. But again, up front, they got, you know, Danico Autry. They got Jeffrey Simmons. You know, you got Bud Dupree, who's a great pass rusher in the NFL. They got Zach Cunningham, you know, at linebacker, David Long as well. I like the Titans' front seven. They got one of the best front sevens in the NFL when you talk about defensive line and linebackers. Now, let's look at this Bengals offensive line. The Bengals offensive line, we got Trey Hopkins at center. You know, you got Quentin Spain, Jonah Williams, you know, Isaiah Prince, Hakeem Adelaging. So they got some players on this Bengals O-line who have struggled this season. That's going to be key. Bengals O-line versus Titans D-line. I want to see who wins that matchup. And I look at. In this in this in this game, when it comes to Bengals offense versus Titans defense, the Titans secondary, they will be you know challenged in this game. Their cornerbacks, Christian Fulton, you know, Jamarius Jenkins in the back end and secondary. You got Amani Hooker, Kevin Bayard. They're gonna be challenged with the Bengals receivers in Tyler Boy, in Jamar Chase, in T. Higgins. They're gonna be challenged. I want to see who can win that matchup. That's going to be key. Now let's transition and talk about the Titans offense versus the Bengals defense, the Bengals, they lost Larry Ar- Ivan mean, Jovi for the season. He got injured in the wild card game against the Raiders. That's going to be key because the Bengals, they have been one of the best teams in the NFL at being able to stop the run on the season, the Bengals, they are ranked fifth in the NFL, and they only give up 103 rushing yards per game. So up front, when you got players, you know, like Sam Hubbard, and then, you know, you you, 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 ha- you got Trey Henderson as well, you know, the Bengals up front are one of the best teams against the run. In this game, the Titans, they are expecting King Henry to be back in this game. For the season, Derrick Henry, before he got injured, this was uh eight weeks 219 carries 937 rushing yards 10 touchdowns in eight games played he hasn't played in nine weeks now let's talk about the titans and how they have done a great job without derrick henry with derrick henry they're six and two on the season without derrick henry they're six and three this is why i believe mike vrabel deserves to be in that coach of the year conversation along with Matt LaFleur, you know, and Bill Belichick, uh, you, you know, like this is why I believe Mike Vrabel deserves to be in that conversation because I was one of those people that said without Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans season is over. They rely heavily on Derrick Henry and the type of running back that he is and what he brings to the table. He is hard to bring down and he is a game changer. So I said, once Derrick Henry got injured, I said, Tennessee Titans season is over. It's over. And they have done great without Derrick Henry. And their points per per game with Derrick Henry, they averaged 28 points per game. Without him, they averaged 21 points per game. Not a big drop-off. And their passing yards per game with Derrick Henry, they averaged 230 passing yards per game. Without Derrick Henry, they averaged 176 passing yards per game. And their rushing yards per game, they averaged 148 with Derrick Henry and without Derrick Henry, they averaged 136 rushing yards per game. I want to give a lot of credit to, you know, Deontay Foreman who has been playing some great football for the Tennessee Titans at running back. He's not Derrick Henry. Okay. He's not big time like Derrick Henry, but Foreman has done a great job, you know, In Derrick Henry's absence, you know, you look at what he's done so far this season, so far this season, Foreman, he has 133 carries, 566 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, so he's done a great job stepping up in the absence of Derrick Henry, and that's going to be key in this game. You know, I think Derrick Henry's healthy, nine weeks off, I think he's healthy. And as a running back, it doesn't take long for a running back to get back acclimated to what the team is trying to do. It's not like you're playing a quarterback when you have so many reads, so many progressions that you have to go through. As a running back, you got one job run and run hard and run fast. So I think Derek Henry is going to be back in this game. And I think this Titans rushing attack against this Bengals front seven is going to be key. The Titans coming into this game. They are ranked fifth in the NFL. They average 141 rushing yards per game. That's going to be key in this game. That's going to be key. You know, if the Titans can run, you know, the football. I, I want to see if they're going to be able to run the football with Derrick Henry. If they can, and they give this Bengals front seven trouble, Bengals could be in trouble Saturday afternoon in Tennessee. They could be in trouble. We know how dynamic the Titans Weapons are offensively. You got AJ Brown at receiver as well. You got Julio Jones, who was a playmaker and a great playoff performer in this offense. Now, this year, the Titans, you know, bringing in Julio Jones, they had more expectations for Julio Jones this year. And he got injured earlier this year, but for the season, he got 31 receptions. Only one touchdown, 434 receiving yards. But in this matchup, I expect Julio Jones to perform at a high level and help this Titans offense move the football. You got A.J. Brown. You got Julio Jones. They are proven playmakers for the Tennessee Titans. Although Julio Jones hasn't played well this year, I think Julio Jones can step up in a big-time moment for the Tennessee Titans. I really, really do. Also, it's going to be key for the Bengals defensive backs, because I think the Titans, when they got A.J. Brown, they got Julio Jones, they got a height advantage. You know, A.J. Brown, he's 6'1". Julio Jones, he's 6'3". So, you know, these Bengals defensive backs, it's going to be key if they can contain A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. That's going to be key. So I'm looking at the Bengals secondary. You know, you got Eli Apple. You know, you got Inuque as well. You got, you know, Von Bell in the secondary, Jesse Bates, Trey Waynes. Can they contain Julio Jones and A.J. Brown in the passing game? Before I bring on my guest of the show tonight, let's give my prediction for this Bengals-Titans game. I've been picking against the Bengals all year long. I've been trolling Bengal fans all season long. Right, I picked the Raiders to beat the Bengals, and the Bengals proved me wrong in that game. So, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to pull off the upset in Tennessee and advance to the AFC championship game. I got the Bengals beating the Tennessee Titans 27 to 20. Yes, I am rolling with the hometown squad to get it done in Tennessee. 27 to 20. So I got Joe Burrow 27, Ryan Tannehill 20. I think the Bengals defense is going to contain Derrick Henry. I don't think Derrick Henry is going to have a big time game. I think the Bengals are going to force Ryan Tannehill to beat them. I think on the flip side, Joe Burrow is going to outplay Ryan Tannehill. I think Jamar Chase and T Higgins are going to perform well in the passing game for the Bengals. I don't think Jamar Chase is going to have over 100 yards receiving, though. I think T. Higgins is going to have a breakout game for the Bengals in this matchup. I think T. Higgins, you know, is going to go off because I think the Titans are going to take away Jamar Chase and limit him in this game. But they got other weapons like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I think this is a game where T. Higgins plays well. I'm rolling with the Bengals to beat the Titans 27 to 20 in advance to the AFC Championship game. Now, without further ado, I want to welcome to the show, he is the program director, the CEO of the Legacy Makers Sports Network, my fellow Packer brother, Darrell Owens. (laughs) Darrell, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up, Trey? How you doing, brother? Doing pretty good, man, doing pretty good. So we about to get into the matchup, but I got some 49er fans. I got my man Mike Drop and Christian Bradley. They're 49er fans. I couldn't allow them, Darrell, to come on my show and jump me tonight. So I had to bring on my fellow Packer brother to have my back on the show tonight, man. So I need you. I need you, man.
0: I'm here for you, man. I'm here for you. I I, I look, I know it's gonna it's look, we got a tough, we got a tough one ahead of us. We we ain't stupid. So you know, but I, I'm ready.
2: I'm here for you, brother. Okay, let me let me go ahead and bring them on real quick so we can get this going, man. It's 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 time. Let me let me bring them on. I want to welcome to the show 49ers fan, my man, Robert Anthony, Mike Drop. What's up, Drop? How you doing, I'm brother? Good. I'm good. I'm
1: good. You see, I'm in a throwback. You see, I'm in a throwback. You yeah, see, I see you. I got the
0: Jerry on. I got the jury on. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I see you. Now, let me bring in, my, let me bring in my, my other 49er fan, Christian Bradley, real quick. Let me bring him on here. I want to welcome to the show. Former guest on the Wise Guy Sports on the Worldwide Sports Network, Die Hard, San Francisco 49ers fan, Christian Bradley. Christian, what's up, bro? How you doing? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. So I, I I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I, I had it already set up that I wanted to bring you and Mike Drop on the show, but I wasn't gonna let y'all jump me tonight. I wasn't gonna <laughs> let y'all jump me, man. So I had to bring on my man, I had to bring, on my, to wow. had to bring on my man Darrell on the show uh, from the Legacy Sportsmaker uh, podcast and my fellow Packer brother to talk some football uh, in this matchup. And so, fellas, before we break it down and talk about the game, we're going to talk about the game here in a second. I got to be honest with y'all. I got to be real. Like, so dating back to earlier this year, y'all remember the Bengals and the 49ers, they played against each other here in Cincinnati. Mike drop Christian. Y'all here in Cincinnati like I am. Bengals was having a pretty good season. Bengals played the 49ers in week 14, right? And that game went on overtime, but the 49ers, they beat the Bengals, 26 to 23. Jimmy Garoppolo led the uh, Niners down for the game winning drive in overtime. And so, fellas, I'm just going to be real with y'all. Since week 14, I'm looking at the playoff standings in the NFC, and I know, like, hey, we got a top seed in the NFC, but I knew that the Niners wasn't going to win the NFC West. I knew either the Rams or the Cardinals was going to win the NFC West. So since week 14, every game following, I've been rooting against the Niners. They played <laughs> they played the Falcons in week 15. They beat them. And then they lost to the Titans in week 16. And I think they failed at like 87. And so I was thinking like, okay, they lost. I knew y'all were going to beat the Texans. But then in week 18, fellas, we go into week 18 against the LA Rams. The Rams were beating the Niners 17 to nothing. I was texting my drop. I'll never forget. They up 17 to nothing and coming into the matchup. If the Saints would have beaten the Falcons, which they did. And it was, I'm looking at this stuff happening in real time. The Saints was up, I think like 24 to six on the Falcons at halftime. So I'm like, okay, the Niners, you know, they play off fate. It's right here in front of their eyes. And I'm thinking like, OK, come on, Rams. Come on, Stafford. Come on, Stafford. I'm real. I'm, I'm rooting for the Rams like crazy. I got I'm like, come on, Rams. And so them, like in the second half, Jimmy G and that Niners team came all the way back from a 17 point deficit. It went on the overtime. I'm rooting for the, for the Rams in overtime. I'm just praying the Rams can pull it off because I, I thought y'all season was over twice. I thought, it was over. I thought it was over in the fourth quarter when Cooper Cup caught that touchdown pass. I remember, the rounds went up 24-17. I'm like, Jimmy G ain't about to drive them down and get a, a game-time touchdown. It ain't about to happen. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. But I will admit this. I will admit this. Once y'all got into the playoffs, I had already accepted that y'all was coming to Lambeau Field. I I had already accepted it. Matt Dorell, before, before, before Mike
0: dropped a Christian, come on here. Did you feel the same way? I'm not going to lie to you. I did. I f- I felt it coming. Um it, it was crazy to me because like what a lot of people don't realize about this San Francisco team. Um and they, and they they forget that the San Francisco 49 were in the Super Bowl 2 years ago. Yeah. Last year injury injury plagued and then they come back this year. Yeah, some hit some 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 rough spots, but and this is not a team that you just want to up and face in the playoffs because, you know, they know how to win. And they've got most of the people from that that Super Bowl run on that team. So they, they've had a taste. They've had a taste yeah. of the Super Bowl and they know how to get there. So I knew, you know, in the NFC, I felt like six of the seven teams were, had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And they went to the Super Bowl. I would not be surprised. Yeah. Uh, and the 49ers being one of them. And the only one I didn't was the Eagles, but that's because they're super young. But yeah. I'm very nervous about that 49ers team. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. They're a very tough football team. And yep. if anybody knows the Green Bay Packers, it's the San Francisco 49ers.
2: For real, for sure. And then you look at the seating in the NFC, fellas, I knew the Eagles wasn't going to beat the Bucks, So I'm like, okay, like the way it was lining up, we got Niners at Cowboys. I'm like, the Niners going to beat the Cowboys. I, I said, I said, oh, man, the Cowboys going to choke. But I was actually yeah. rooting for the Cowboys. I was like, "Come on, Dak!" You all don't want to see us? No, it's I didn't. Tonight. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you and Christian talk now. I just want to get that out there. I had to let it be known. Yeah. I've been rooting against y'all <laughs> since Week 14. <laughs> I've
1: been mean, we're we kryptonite in the playoffs. We're we kryptonite in the playoffs. What did we beat y'all three times, three straight. Aaron Rodgers been, can't beat us in the playoffs. It's been three
0: straight. It's been three straight. He can't beat us, us in the playoffs.
1: He can beat us in the
3: regular season, though. Y'all must beat did. us in the regular season. He had to be Aaron. He had to be Superman to beat us in the regular season this past time. Crazy it had, had to be Superman. So I mean, if, if, Fred, if Fred Warner drops back another yard, that, that that pass is tipped, and the game is over. Me and Bobby's Niners, man, we have we 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 are a different team we were week three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're relatively healthy. Um, we have an identity, um, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I say this all the time: if Jimmy cannot, if Jimmy cannot make that head scratching decision, if he does not make a head scratching throw, I really feel we can go and Lambeau. It shocked the world. I, I really do. Aaron Rodgers is playing. At a, at a, I mean, at, at, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are just probably one of the best duos you'll ever see. Um, y'all defense is is pretty decent. We have to put pressure on on Aaron. we, we, we have to if we could do what we did in 2019, then and, and, and then run the ball with Elijah and with Debo and then with Jeff Wilson. Oh. You know, we we should be able to make some noise in Lambeau. So the way we play translates to any any. Any condition, you know. So that's that's how I feel about it.
2: I agree. And then, like before we get into the, the matchup this weekend, you know, I thought last week, fellas looking at that game against the Cowboys, you know, I thought the Niners honestly dominated that game for the first three quarters, and they did a great job applying pressure on Dak Prescott. They got the Prescott five times last week, and so I thought they did great being able to apply pressure on Prescott, even without Bosa. You know, Bosa got injured you Know in that game yeah. and well, that's
1: when they came back. That's yeah, when that's they what, came back. Once yeah. Bosa got hurt, and he wanted the keys, especially even to this next game. Um, you know, we should get him back off of the concussion protocol. But as soon as Bosa got hurt, that's when they made that run. They didn't yeah. do nothing until in, until then. So yeah,
2: no, I, I agree. And then I thought too, it was crazy because fellas, George Kittle in this game, he only had one reception. He yeah. only had one reception. I'm like, what the hell? They was able to win this game with, with George Kittle only having one reception. I couldn't believe it because oh, of he, how dynamic George well, he, Kittle is. So he was look-
1: being doubled a lot of the game, though, and that's why you <laughs> saw them catches by IU. That's why you saw all yeah. the other stuff happening because they're gonna they they have to pick their poison in some way. Either you're gonna try and you know Debo may not always beat you deep, but once he catches the ball, he a problem. And if you oh. get him with only one guy on him. He's a problem. That's why he runs the ball. They they can hand it to him in the backfield like that. Because if you give him one guy, he's hard to take down. He can shake you, or he can just run straight through you. Either way, you know we ain't we ain't tripping. So you have to double those guys. And Brandon Ayuk just, I mean, as far as making great catches, and uh, in the last couple games, Juan Jennings has been showing out. Kittle sets all that up
3: because Kittle is the one that gets those guys open. Agree. The scheme the scheme is crazy. Um, again. As long as Jimmy, Jimmy Jimmy missed Brandon Ayuk, Trayvon Diggs was in the mixer. I don't know if you saw this play. Oh, yeah. on the left side, on yeah. the, on the left side, side. Hey Adam, was on <laughs> skates.
0: And, yeah, and,
3: and, and, and Jimmy missed him by by five yards, and and that's the stuff that. So I love Jimmy. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I really do. Obviously, we know that Trey Lance is the future. Um, you know, but I love I love Jimmy Garoppolo, and I, I and, and I really feel like. Again, like to Bobby's point, pick your poison. I mean, if you want to double Kittle, okay. You got, if you want to, if you want to ball, okay. You got Juan Jennings, you still got Elijah Mitchell, you got to contend with. Yeah. You still got, you still got Brennan, you got to contend with. And I mean, you got, we got literally four weapons out there. Then you got Trent Sharfield, who comes in and makes a play. You got Travis Bishop, coming and make yeah. a play. We got weapons. It's all about, and then again, to get the most dominant left tackle in Trent Williams, Lakin Thomason is another unsung hero who started every game in 2017. Big Tom Compton has played amazingly um, over since McClinchy's been I think that got to have been an upgrade over Big over McClinchy, honestly, on, on, the, on, the, on the left side, on the right side. Um, Alec Mack is playing at, a, at a, an all pro level, um, or center, yeah. um, and then you got Brunskill who comes in and plays pretty well. So as long as, I, and if you notice, Jiminy gets sacked last week. I know, I know you guys are getting back to Darius Thomas and other some other people um, this this week, which is you know obviously over to your defense. Yeah, but. We can keep a clean pocket, and if Jimmy can make the make make the correct reads and the throws, he made a throw to Brandon Ayu um, um when he rolled out to um the, for the for the third I right, think third and nine, third and third and ten, and Brandon Ayu made the catch and he stretched over for the first down. That was a hell of a play. If Jimmy, I want like to see some bootlegs this week. We can do some bootlegs, kind of like we did against the Bengals.
1: It's all gonna come down to us running the ball. If you look, if you looked at the uh the first game, that was the number one thing. This, well, two things. The number one thing is we didn't run the ball. We don't. That's the game that Mitchell sat out. We yes. only had uh we had about we had sixty-seven yards for that game. We averaged almost a buck thirty. Yeah. Mitchell in the game. So when he plays different, because if nothing else, like I mean, we don't have to sit here and and overstate or understate or how good Aaron Rodgers is. We ain't stupid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like <laughs> the best <laughs> way to beat him is to not give him the ball. So, right. If we can run the ball and control the time of possession, that's going to be the best way because you, you can't, he can't beat us from the sidelines. So, I yeah. mean, if we do that, which I think we'll run the ball pretty effectively. The second part is, I mean, that was the first that our DVs by when we played y'all week three, we was done. That was the first week Josh Norman was even on the team and he was getting cooked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Barbecue yeah. They was putting, putting him on Devontae like he was the old Josh. And I'm like, yeah. bruh. So, I mean, I think we we'll have a, we got a better scheme. A lot of our DBs are back. Uh, we should have both Bosa back. So, we should be able to yeah. at least get pressure on Aaron. And if we can keep him out of the pocket, I mean, you ain't going to stop Aaron. He's probably going to put up Three yards. realistically 21 yeah. to 28 points. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than that. But, you know, we're going to have to keep him off the field and keep him on his butt as much as possible. Yeah, because, you
2: know, in Aaron Rodgers' postseason career, and I know Durrell know this, Aaron Rodgers has never scored less than 20 points. Even when he's lost, he ain't ever scored less than 20 points. Uh, but real quick, before we, before we get to it, I thought, too, one of the keys last week was the opening possession of the game for the 49ers. Y'all went right down the field against that Cowboys defense. Seven plays, a 75-yard drive, you know, and I thought that set the tone for the entire game. Now again, we know Jimmy G is going to be Jimmy G, and that interception that he threw in the fourth quarter—I don't know what he was thinking. I really, really don't. And- it
1: it was—it wasn't a bad throw; it was just floated on the run. He's not a mobile, a great mobile quarterback. He's throwing on the run, and he's trying to loft it over, and he just overthrew it. I get mad at the throws where you're like, "Dude, you should not have thrown that at all," because he was not even close to being open. Yeah, right. you overthrow a guy—I don't like it, but on the run, I get it rolling out. And it can happen, you could throw an interception. He was throwing it to the sideline. So I, you know, but every quarterback has one or two throws a game that they like oh, I overthrew a guy. Oh, I didn't yeah. get a guy on that. That was just one of them. But for the most part, if you look through Jimmy G history, people people give Jimmy hail. Look at all the games where Jimmy got the ball, and it's either to go down to score or tie yeah. or whatever. Jimmy G comes through in the clutch most times. I'm yes. not saying he he not Tom Brady, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but watch him. And the thing I, I always tell people about Jimmy G is whether whether I think he's good, or whether you think he's good, or whoever thinks he's good, them dudes on the team with him believe him when he got the ball. Yeah, and you have, as much as the fans have been like, we want Trey Warner, you have not heard anybody in that locker room even hint to the fact that, hey, we need to be starting Trey now. They all like, nah. You, you even saw when Richard Sherman, when he just came out and said something about Jimmy G, he said, look, it's a reason why them guys in that locker room believe in him. It's a reason yeah. why they like him. And I, you know, like I think he kind of got a bad rap because a lot of these guys, a lot of people don't watch all the game or even some of the games. They watch the highlights and then they watch the Super Bowl and maybe the playoffs. Yeah. In the Super Bowl, Jimmy just had a bad game. At the end of the day, we kind of fell apart just in general. Um, but yeah. I think they know that I think they know what happened. I think I mean I think they kind of know that they collapsed. And they, like you said, that team has a lot of those same players and you know, after after that one year, we were all injured. I think we, we're still pretty good. We're we, our team and our uh, overall roster is good. It's yeah, really, really good.
0: Yeah,
2: season, so. yeah real quick, quick, real quick, Christian. Real quick, I'm going to say that uh, Wise Guys. Everybody go to the middle, find Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. We are live here on the Worldwide Sports Network. Darrell Owens, uh, CEO of the Legacy Sports Maker. Mike drop. Diehard 49ers fan. Christian Bradley, diehard 49ers fan, joining the Wise Guys Sports Show. Real quick, Durrell, I want to say this too. See, that's what's so crazy about Jimmy Gito, fellas, because I thought in the matchup against the Rams in week 18, the opposite happened. All the chips were stacked against Jimmy Garoppolo. He stepped up and marched them right down the field on that 88 yard touchdown drive that tied the game of 24, you know, a piece. But then, you know, last week against the Cowboys, I want to get you out his numbers. In the first half, he went 11 of 14. In the second half, he went 5 of 11. His passing yards in the first half, he had 133 passing yards. In the second half, he only had 39 passing yards. He had no touchdowns, no interceptions in the first half. That one bad interception in the second half, his passer rating in the first half was 106.3. And in the second half, it was 16.9. So we I just don't know which Jimmy G going to show up. <laughs> like I, I just think it's, it's the one mystery heading into this game that I just really don't know what we're going to get from Jimmy Garoppolo. Darrell, you want to uh, chime in on this? Um,
0: you know, to be honest with you, that's going to be the key for the Packers. I mean, you know, um, you know, we've seen in the past, you know, obviously the 49ers have been able to run the ball against us tremendously in these playoff games. And, and obviously we've got to find a way to limit it. I don't know if we'll be able to stop it, but we have to find a way to limit it. Yeah. and, and, and kind of control that run game the best way we can. Because, I mean, they've got young studs in here. I mean, every year the 49ers find a running back. They're like, well, where this guy come from? And you, you get a guy <laughs> like Mitchell, you know, uh, and and, he, and they come in there and they just do really good things. Heck man, even Khrushchev goes out there. i seen a game where Khrushchev had oh, yeah. it. He was doing, he Oof. was doing magic. They're going to run the ball well, we know this. The problem is for Green Bay, they've got to find a way to get Jimmy G to create turnovers. And to me, in my opinion, I think that's the biggest way they the Packers can win this game. Now, the first game when it was um, when we played uh, in San Francisco earlier this year, in my opinion, I felt like Green Bay, they let up a little bit. Because if you watch the beginning part of that game, Green Bay had complete control they slowly let a 49ers team creep back in the game, which you cannot did not do. You cannot let a 49ers team this talented, you know, even with all the injuries and all the replacements, you still can't let that team stick around and they let them stick around and they almost beat us. They to did. be honest with you, they probably should have beat us. And, you know, you got lucky on that, um, on that end. Green Bay could beat San Francisco, but can San Francisco beat Green Bay? Of course they can. Yeah. This game is going to be, to me, um, you know, one on, on the, on the, on the lines, you know, defensive line, offensive line, Who who is going to win the battle up front um, is, is going to be very critical for me in this one. Um, and, and obviously no turnovers, but that's the biggest thing for me. I, I just need to see Green Bay find a way um, to pull this bad boy off. But, you know, you look at a lot of one other thing that people don't look at, like, this is very important to Jimmy G 2 because all you hear now is, you know, I mean, this could be it for Jimmy G we've been hearing that for like a couple weeks now. Like he yeah. even said it himself, he's like, well, I'll know, see- he, he's thinking this could be it for him. He, he, know, he's not dumb. He knows Trey Lance is there. Yeah. So this means just as much to Jimmy G that it does to Aaron Rodgers, who we all know this could be Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer. We really don't yeah. know. That's the mystery in this game. So we're going to really see between two quarterbacks who wants it more and who wants to, you know, continue to move on and, and futures and all that good stuff. So it's, it's to me, it's just, I ain't glad to y'all nervous. I ain't, I'm not, but that's because it's playoff football, baby.
1: I'm saying, I again, y'all, people are overstating Jimmy G. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> he is a lot better than most of y'all, than most people give him credit for. If you look at the game, even last season, when we played the Saints, he was the one that marched us down and got that. If you look at the game against the Bengals, he was the one that marched us down there and did that. You, It's really hard to look at, don't get me wrong. He's gonna he's gonna make a couple throws like everybody. He's like, oh, I wish I had them back or something like that. That's gonna happen. But the, when you look at his stats, it's really weird because you also have to think about the makeup of our team and how Man. our team gets points. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan does some creative things, and that's why when you see you don't you don't see the you don't see some things that don't show up on a stat report is when he walks up to the line of scrimmage. It'll be a run and play to Debo, and it don't matter how you get the money. It's just, like, it's just like how you know you have running backs who catch the ball out the backfield. The way they use Debo is like a running back and a wide receiver. He always gets his money. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like no matter what, whether he's catching or whether he's receiving it. Now, a lot of that also has to do with Jimmy calling it at the line of scrimmage and making sure we are in the right play. So, I mean, I don't think Jimmy's going to be any different. I just think that a lot of people have an opinion of him that is a little bit underinflated because of small samples and things here and there to happen but it, but I'm gonna tell you this at the end of the day when the season is over whether it's over this next game or whether we continue on Jimmy G will be the number 1 quarterback prospect for any team in the offseason and That's every hard. time he wins a game it goes up more and depending on the run I would say if he make if we get to the Super Bowl or or win the Super Bowl you there's almost no way that he'd have to stay on the team yeah, he- don't be surprised if if even if that doesn't happen I wouldn't be shocked if he somehow is there another year. Now, I'm not necessarily saying it's the best move because I don't think his trade value will ever be higher than this particular year. Not so much because I think that um, he's not going to play good. The class class of quarterbacks who are available this year just isn't good. Coming out of college and there's not a lot of great free agents really out there. I mean Aaron Rodgers, he he definitely ain't coming to Sanford. He ain't going to a lot of these places. He's going somewhere else. If he goes somewhere, I don't really think he's gonna go nowhere. But yeah. my, but my yeah. point is, is that he's gonna be the number one guy nine times out of ten. And there'll be a lot of teams. I seen a list today, had about eight teams on it that were already targeting him. So yeah. you don't get a you don't want a guy that's targeted by that many teams that's not pretty daggone good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So
2: go ahead, Christian. I always talk
3: about execution and, and wins and losses. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is 35 and 14 as a starter. You know, um, regardless if he is, you know, 23 of 30 for 325 yards, two touchdowns versus 19 of 29 for one touchdown, two interceptions, the dude wins more than he loses. And I understand that we had, um, you know, Brian Hoyer and C.J. Beathard and, um, you know, and uh, uh, Nick Mullins as quarterbacks when he was out or before he got there. Um, they still had the same defense. They still had the same scheme. We still had the same people playing the game and we, and we had quarterbacks who didn't get it done. So Jimmy's a winner. And, and another thing to Bobby's point, the locker room people it's a reason why, like Sherman said, I honestly feel like if we went deep in the playoffs, went deeper championship game, in my opinion, go championship game or Super Bowl, and we win or lose, that would put a big splitter in the locker room. If he's traded, I really, I really feel the locker room be split. Um, those young guys, everybody likes Trey Lance too. He's like a high character young man. But it's a reason, even during the four-game losing streak we had earlier this year, and Jimmy missed one of the games, and then we obviously wanted to be you didn't really hear about the rumbles about Jimmy being replaced. You hear it from the fan base, but you didn't hear it from the, um, the locker room, you didn't hear it from the coaching staff, you didn't hear it from the GM. There was no leaks about Jimmy Garoppolo being benched.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I I i listen to Grant Cohen. He's the biggest hater of Jimmy Garoppolo. That I, I, I mean, this guy is a hater. He, I mean, he's a super hater. Um, and he always – he's one of those reporters who stir the pot and, and makes rumors and all this other stuff. And I, he's the only guy I heard out of San Francisco who covered the Niners that Jimmy should be, be, should be benched for Trey Lance. Even now, he felt that after the Rams game, Jimmy should be benched for Trey Lance.
2: You can't make that kind of change right now in the middle of a playoff run. This dude, like, bro, this dude has been calling.
3: He liked Nick Mullins over Jimmy Garoppolo last year. I mean, this, this guy is a Jimmy Garoppolo hater. And, I mean, yeah. he is a hater. Like, he does not like Jimmy Garoppolo. He always, it, when the Niners win, when I beat, beat the Bengals, he was like, I mean, Jimmy didn't play well to the to the last two minutes.
0: Sound like he might be, uh, like, you know, Skip Bayless's, you know, like... Yeah, he's,
3: he's, he's Skip Bayless. You know what I'm saying? He like
0: It's like, it, uh, Jimmy might be his LeBron James, his <laughs> Skip, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Crazy. I, I
3: totally, yes, totally agree with you on that, man. But, I mean, but again, um, like to Bobby's point again, if we run the football, our identity is thirty to forty carries a game. If we, I think, I think this year when we have rushed the ball. I think over thirty times. I think we're like what eight and maybe like seven and zero, seven and one, maybe like that. Yeah, we just gotta so, run the ball. If we run the football, I don't care, and I really feel like we're gonna get creative. I feel like we're gonna get some runs with IU. We're gonna get some runs with Kittle. J- Juice gonna get involved. It's gonna be a lot of different wrinkles because now, obviously, and what's, what's interesting is now. Shatner kind of owns McVay and Lafleur. Those three guys were under J- Jay Gruden in Washington together. Three head oh. coaches.
0: <laughs> all, look, all of them have been have been at least to a championship game.
3: Exactly. I mean, I really feel like that we have to run the football. We have we have to dominate time of possession. To Bobby's point, we have to make keep Aaron Rodgers. I think a of week. I think ten or eleven. We played the Rams the first time. We have to have that formula. We have to have yeah. two drives of 11, of 18 minutes, 12 minutes, or whatever it was, 18 play drives to keep the great Aaron Rodgers off the field. Because he's. I mean, I
1: knew, knew Matt Stafford was going to choke. If we get yeah, Aaron Rodgers, well, yeah. like, well, like, that's it. It's still going
0: to happen at some point. Yeah. yeah. He, got, the, 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 he the got
1: too Rams much Detroit in him. <laughs> yeah, the if if they are beating you, they can get ahead of you and they'll, they might just blow you out. Yeah. But if you get them in a close game, Detroit Matthew Stafford, yes, yeah, great Matthew Stafford. Stafford. <laughs> so, I don't yeah, need. Do, like I said, keep it close with him. You going to have a chance. I said that the whole round. I said, all we got to do is keep it close, Stafford. Yeah. I don't trust him. You know, right. but
2: then, I, I want to transition, fellas. Enough about Jimmy G and Matthew Stafford. Let's talk about a quarterback who is a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, Mister Aaron Rodgers. We know he a three time NFL MVP, more than likely gonna win his fourth. NFL MVP this year, Aaron Rodgers for his career, 449 touchdown passes, only 93 interceptions, 55,000 passes. We know he's good.
1: We know he's good. I know.
2: I got to read the numbers off a little bit. I know my Packers lost in the 2015 NFC Championship game Mm -hmm. to the Seattle Seahawks when Brandon Bostic Mm -hmm. boxed the onside kick. I know in 2017 we lost the NFC Championship game to Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. That's all fine and dandy. I know last year we lost the NFC Championship game to Tom Brady at Lambeau, but Aaron Rodgers can't lose to the Niners again. It can't happen again. I don't think I'm going to be able to handle Aaron Rodgers losing again to the Niners. Let's go down memory lane, fellas, shall we? This is something we want to forget about. The 2013 NFC Division Round, January 12, 2013, the Niners beat the Packers. Forty-five to thirty-one on that Packers defense. Charles Woodson, the great Charles Woodson, was on that defense. Clay Matthews was on that defense. They didn't have no answer for that Niners rushing attack that night. The Niners had three hundred and twenty-three rushing yards. Colin mm. Kaepernick, remember him? He oh. had one hundred and eighty-one rushing yards that Ooh. night. Then yeah. the following year, in twenty fourteen, in the wild card game, this was the year when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. And he came back, beat the Bears. Packers got a home playoff game. were the favorites. The Niners came to Lambeau that year and beat us. It was on January 5th, 2014. The Niners beat the Packers 23-20. to It was cold as hell that game. I know y'all remember. freezing <laughs> outside. Freezing. The Niners that game. They had 167 rushing yards. Kaepernick had seven rushing, well, carries for 98 rushing yards that game. And then y'all, I know y'all remember The 2019 NFC Championship game in San Francisco, January 19, 2020. The Niners 37, Packers 20, Jimmy G threw eight passes. And the Niners had 285 rushing yards. Listen, Joe Barry, this is to the whole Packers defense, okay? All of the Packers defense up front, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, DeAndre Campbell at linebacker, Chris Barnes, Zadarius Smith, Willis Marcellus, they need to sell out to stop the run. If we hold the Niners to under 100 yards rushing, oh, I think we win this game. We can them we win game. Can y'all, can y'all agree? Hold on. <laughs> right, real quick. Mike drop and, and Christian. Can
3: y'all
1: agree? I 100%? If, I 100% agree. If y'all, if we hold if y'all 100, under 100 yards, well, we have to run the ball effectively. I would say, chances are, if y'all hold us under 100 yards, we'll game, y'all yeah. probably gonna win the game. Most definitely. I mean, that if I was a betting man, I yeah. think that, um, the thing about and the, the thing that's really interesting about the 49ers Green Bay rivalry and the matchups is that most teams don't want to go into Green Bay because it's cold, and you would yeah, think like, that San Francisco is. It's not a super warm weather. It's like a mild weather. It's not It's not green No. Nah. But the, the difference between us and probably most of the league is we are a power team and we're a defensive team. And that travels everywhere you go. Yeah. And we don't necessarily – we don't need to run the ball and throw the ball more than eight times when we're running the ball like that. And in right. cold weather games like this, it's actually to our benefit because it kind of equalizes even though I know Aaron Rodgers is used to it and he know how to throw the ball there no matter how you want to look at it it still neutralizes some of the passing game it still neutralizes some of the you know of that part of the game and that's really to our advantage like it really is yeah. so, i mean you
0: know it is crazy because like you know when you go back and you know Trey as you were saying all the names of those games i i thought a piece of me died each uh time <laughs> you was working out there uh, but i will say this you know with with green bay the biggest thing what is Aaron Rodgers known for? Not turning the ball over, right? Right. Doesn't turn the ball over. You look at those stats every year. It's 37 touchdowns. The to four picks or two picks or 25 to two. The thing the 49ers have been able to do in these games is they create uncharacteristic Green Bay Packer turnovers. Yeah. So Green Bay in this game needs to find a way to keep those turnovers to a minimum, if none at all. Because if, if, if you start seeing the, like, couple years ago in that NFC championship game we were down a little bit at the time, but Packers are driving. What yeah. do you see? Aaron fumbles. Both Aaron's fumbled the ball in that game. Yeah. Aaron Jones rarely fumbles the football. Yeah. It, it, but those are the things that San Francisco has been able to do against this Packers team. And it's been able to hold it over their heads. If Green Bay wants to win this game, first of all, you got to play, you, you almost got to play perfect. I hate to say it, but you have to play perfect and you cannot turn the ball over. You cannot let this 49ers team stick around. Be it, it can't be close. I'd be honest, with you, you if you got a chance to, to put it on their throat, you got to go through it. You cannot let them hang around because they will, if they're hanging around, they will be in the mix. We've seen what Jimmy G can do. We see yeah. what Samuel is all about. We know what George Kittle can do. We've seen George Kittle tear up the Saints. Was it Saints in that one game? They were and the he
1: usually gets he usually get game. y'all fits too.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like Green Bay has to find a way to not, you know, have those uncharacteristic turnovers that you rarely see Green Bay have. And that's what the 49ers, that's been the 49ers key in every one of those matchups that you brought. They were able to make Green Bay do the things they normally don't do.
2: Yeah. So, it, it, this, I, can, they
0: start, can they make that not happen in this contest?
2: And I think it's going to be key for us to be able to run the football with thunder and lightning, you got Aaron Jones in the backfield with AJ Dillon. But the big problem is the Niners—they rank seventh in the NFL against the run. They only give up 104 rushing yards per game. But fellas, yeah, here's where we have, yeah. But here's where we have the advantage. I don't think nobody in that Niners secondary can guard Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL, and I don't think Josh Norman can guard him. I know Emmanuel Moseley can't guard him. So I think the Packers have the advantage when it comes to the passing game. If y'all don't apply pressure on Aaron Rodgers, I think that's a recipe for success for the Packers because I don't think nobody in that secondary can guard Devontae. Well, I really I
0: don't. Think the, the real key in, in the Packers' um, receiver core is going to be Alan Lazard because if you watch Lazard over the last what, five, five couple of games, I'm going to left four or five games. Yeah, you watch, Aaron has been going more to Alan Lazard trying yep. to you can tell he's trying to get that really truly get that comfort level with Lazard. and we've seen streaks of it and right now they've been kind of on a, a little bit of a tear together he's yeah. going to be the critical part because we already know the 49ers are going to find a way to to you know lock Devontae down they've done it before and they'll be able to you know they'll have that secondary help to try to watch out for Devontae. it's going to be very critical for alan lazar to have a big game and, and then we got yeah. Cobb coming back, so that's going to be critical. But Lazar, to me, is the key in that Packers on receiving core.
2: To your point, Darrell, really? the last three weeks, Alan Lazar, he has 13 receptions for four touchdowns. So he just stepped up in these last few weeks of the season. And you're right, it's going to be key for him to step up. But I just – I don't think the Niners got an answer for Devontae. I really, really don't. Like, this – thing. This yeah. not now, in, 20, in 2019, they still had Richard Sherman. You know, like, they had guys – who could guard Devontae, And in that game, he still had over 100 yards receiving, but it was in garbage time
1: because we knew Bruh, it was a blowout. Ain't nobody guarding Devonte for more than a couple seconds. Let's just be <laughs> keeping one hundred. Yeah. And the only way, the only way you guard him is you put pressure on him.
0: You right. know. Great. So
1: I mean, if them guys put pressure on them, like I said, our, our a lot of our line is back, and we got our our number one guy. So I mean, if we can get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, we good. If he's sitting back there. Chilling. It's, it's gonna be a long Damn, chilling, day. It's probably over Damn, for him. So we need <laughs> Nick Bosa and them boys to get in there. Um, like I said, that was only his third game back then, so he wasn't really in the swing of things. So I think we'll do a lot better uh this time, like I said, even even Josh Norman has been who ain't like he ain't you know the old Josh Norman, but he's good enough to not just get you know to play the schemes and know when he can when he got help and stuff Josh, like that. Josh has had a We really not guarding him team. all day.
0: Josh has had, a, Josh day. had what? Um, I feel like you know there was a couple. He of- had a good season. Yeah, I mean, over Josh, Josh. No, no, not, I'm not saying like he's been Josh Norman or old, but he hasn't been miserable because you know the last couple of years he's been too, miserable. Too many I feel like he's made some too big many penalties. penalties. Yeah.
1: Too, too many, many penalties. penalties. Now I take. I mean, I I take that over over you getting burnt for a touchdown. do yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> just just a little just a little too many penalties. He's got them um, in the last couple of games. He's cut those down. But again, that's because those guys on the line are getting better and right. they're getting more pressure up front. So I mean it works hand in hand. Our team is our team DBs aren't the greatest. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if we I hope Trey is ready like you know, next year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't. I, I think that you know, my my boys gotta be uh comp, gotta be um get some caution with Trey because he didn't play that much in college. No, in college. And, and he coming into if I would say, who else's offensive system is more sophisticated than ours? Nah, probably, probably nobody really. Right. As far as like the all the moving pieces, moving parts, shit yeah. that's a lot to put on a kid who didn't play that much in college and who now coming into this system. And you got a good team. This ain't a team that you know we ain't bums. It ain't like we you know we ain't Chicagoers. Like, well, you might as well play now. <laughs> we ain't right. making the playoffs, no way. So nah, I might so. as well get experience. Like, no, these. These guys are like, no, nah, we got a chance to at least be pretty good and make the playoffs. So I, I think the main thing is you got to pressure Aaron Rodgers. You you're only gonna beat Green Bay one way. Pressure Aaron Rodgers and keep him off the field. True you enough. Already, you, you know, now it's easier said than done, right. but that's the recipe. That, yeah. And you know, if we run the ball and we pressure like like uh, uh your man said, it's gonna be one on that line. But that line yeah. is gonna be the gonna be the whole story of the whole game. You know, all other stuff is going to happen in between those lines. But if, if the pressure is up front too much for either one of them, I mean, pressure bust pipes. I don't care. I've seen them all. Joe Montana, Tom Brady, and yeah. Rodgers. Man, if you put enough pressure on them all day. Eventually, they're going to give you
2: something. Right. Nah, give true you enough. Something. True so. enough. And, I, and also, too, fellas, I think the Packers are one of the more healthier teams in the playoffs right now. I yeah, mean, we're we going to get back yeah. Jair Alexander. Zadarius Smith is supposed to return back to the lineup. Whitney Marcellus, surprisingly, is going to play in this game. Josh Myers, he returned in the Week 18 game against the Lions. And then Billy Turner also is going to be in the lineup for the Packers up front. It's going to be important because, you know, you look at the look, look at the injury report in this game. Nick Bosa, he questionable. Marcel Harris, linebacker for the Niners, he questionable. Ambry Thomas, the cornerback questionable. Jordan Willis is doubtful. Fellas, make no mistake about it. Nick Bosa going to play on Saturday night. Oh, I ain't yeah, fired Nick, Bo- Nick Bosa going to be out there. He going to be, he gonna be gonna out gonna there. got to do is the get field. through got They going to the figure <laughs> out a way to make that happen. <laughs> they going to figure out. Ain't no way in hell Nick Bosa going to play in this game. Well, I mean, I saw. I saw they really they going to leave. They I have to leave Nick <laughs> Bosa back. They going to have to leave Nick Bosa back in San Francisco <laughs> for him not to be able to play in this game. I no saw a
0: report earlier said he's going to play, sir. I think it was him and um and Warner. They said Warner Warner,
1: yeah.
0: And that, um you know, he, that, you know, Bosa shouldn't be good to go by Saturday so and now those guys are not going to be out this game this game is too important um you know it but like green bay has to find a way also to dictate the pace of this game yeah um you know when they in the week 3 game they did that early uh and then san francisco kind of switched and, and you know, got back into their groove, and and, and got back and there, took that lead and all that good stuff. So that Green Bay, usually when we play these games, is always to the San, San Francisco's pace. They dictate the game, and Green Bay's either always catching up from behind or they're getting blown out early. It's one of the two. So it's, 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 it's one of those things. Green Bay has to find a way to dictate the pace. They've got to find a way to, um, you know, to 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 maintain this running game. There's a lot of elements to it.
2: It is. It is. And, um, but I, I think Darrell, real quick, Christian, I, I think Darrell, too, was important for the Packers in this game. If we can go up 10 or 14 points yeah. in this game, I think that will be the opportunity that we will have to win this game. If the Niners hang around and it's close, you know, going into the third and fourth quarter, Don't the Niners that. got a chance to pull <laughs> off the upset. I think in the first half, if we get out to a great start, set the tone early and go up 10 or 14 points, make Jimmy G have to play from behind, I think that's a recipe for success for the Packers to be able to win this game. I don't think Jimmy G can come back from a 14 point deficit because because Aaron Rodgers ain't Matthew Stafford. We ain't letting you come back from 17 points down. Okay, you ain't coming back well, from that if you're down against us. That's just my opinion. Well, we what did happened? that week three. We did that. We did that week
0: three though. We was up. You guys was up 17 oh, week three. Well, at halftime it was 17 seven. 17 seven. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, halftime, I, I think it's, it's better, up. but we can still come back.
0: Yeah, it, it,
3: I don't want to be in a predicament. I don't want to prove you right. I don't want to prove you right. I don't want to be in a that... it, – again, it's going to come down to turnovers and run the football. If we can create some turnovers, um, and, I'm, and I'm going to um, kind of push back a little bit when it comes to secondary. Emmanuel Mosley is a lot better than which a lot of y'all give him credit to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Emmanuel like Mosley, he had the high ankle sprain. This is what people don't understand about the Bengals game. We were on our fifth corner on the Bengals game with the Bengals game, okay? Jamar Chase and um, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins didn't do anything until Ambry Thomas got hurt with the concussion, and we yes. were on our sixth corner, and that's when Chase went off. So even with the and I, I give credit to D'Amico Ryan's because of the scheme. This D'Amico Ryan's obviously came under Salah, who's in who's who with the Jets, and, and we're in our probably scheme, gonna
1: lose at the end of this year.
3: Well, we probably would go to he, – he had, a, he had a, um, an interview, with, I think, with Minnesota yesterday or something like that. So, I mean, but the scheme is a really – he's really maxed our secondary because we've had so many issues in the secondary. You, and, and one thing about Josh Norman, he, he had a, a lot of stupid penalties, like, like on third down, like third and eight, third and nine, you get a, a, a hand to the face or illegal hitting or illegal touching. And he hasn't played, I think the last three or four I – think, I think the last – it's a Houston game, I don't think he's played. And Emmanuel Mosley came in and Dante Johnson's been playing. So we got we got some moving parts secondary. I think we'll be all, Nobody can stop Devontae Adams to, to Bobby's point. No, nobody can stop that guy. If we can yeah. get pressure, if we get pressure on, on Aaron Rodgers, a la 2019, if we can make if we can make it very uncomfortable for him, like we did in 2019, run the football effectively, play action, some bootlegs with Jimmy, a lot of run after the catch as far as um, some screen say you. Some obviously some um some things to, 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 to kittle. I really feel like, and I think really, I think really, Juan Jennings is going to be the key to this game. I really feel like Juan Jennings is going to be is going to be the person. The game he had in um with um, against the Rams, he was the unsung hero against the Rams. He had yeah. about two or three big third down catches, and, and 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 then running running after the catch after he made those third down catches, he had. I really feel he had, had some big catches against Dallas as well. On, yeah. on, on, on Sunday, so if we could run the football, Elijah Mitchell didn't play against the Green Packers either. Trey Sermon played that game, not yeah.
1: yeah.
3: You know what I'm saying? We Trey had Sarman, no
1: running yards.
3: Yeah. Jeff Wilson was out that game too. So, so if we can, I think it was Trey Sermon and somebody else that we brought in that um, some you know that played yeah, that game. 60, I think
1: 67 yards that game.
3: Yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's so if we can, if we can run the football, we got Mitchell. You got Wilson. Debo's gonna do what he does. I really think Kittle's gonna be a factor big in the passing game. He just loves to block. I mean, the dude had 900 yards receiving. He only played I think 11, 12 games. Right. He had that, that four game tear. So pick your poison. You got Debo, or you want, or you want Kittle. You got you want Ayuk, or you want Ron Jenkins. You you want you want Mitchell. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well- so. Yeah, so, yeah. As long, as long Josh as
1: Norman is back to his normal spot, at least at this age, which is a nickel. Is he? Okay, so he's so playing he's not, nickel more now. You know, I mean, which is good for him. That's fine. He
3: can play yeah. in the slot, and you know, agree. but hey, he not, he's well, good enough he
1: to he do to 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 that. Yeah. yeah,
3: He want to play nickel, but one more point. I, one more point. I'll be quiet. We're some bullies, man, on both sides of the football. Right. Yeah. we're bullies, man. I mean, got that goddamn Trent Williams has the tone. Like he, he. We're, we're bullies. We're bullies. Him and we yeah. On that left, on that left side are bullies. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and then we got and, and, and credit and credit to Chris Kasaric. Chris Kasaric is our, our defensive line coach. And I watched the, the clips of this dude. This dude is freaking intense. This dude has brought back R key's career. I ain't heard of Arden Key when he was in with, with the Raiders. I ain't heard of no Charles the of who <laughs> when he was with um, with Houston. Who? Who are you guys? You know what I'm saying? Eric, I mean, Eric Arms, I mean all these guys, DJ Jones. Is a monster in the middle. I mean, I mean, we we were like, I think 20th in Russian, 20th in Russian stop run defense, I think middle of the season. Now we're down to seven. We're we we're, yeah. we're, 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 were fourth and um, I think we're third in total defense. Freaking Zeke, I think where, where Dallas had what 80 yards rushing last week, if that 60 yards rushing.
2: Yeah, but Zeke but Zeke ain't the same player that he wants no, to he's not. He's, he's not, but Chris yeah. Powell
3: has yeah. six six or seven touches. You know yeah. My thing is the we stopped the number one defense, number one offense in the league last week. Now, most of those, most of those draws come against the NFC East or NFC Least, right? I mean, you could definitely, you know, have a number one, <laughs> one offense when you're playing, um, playing the Giants and and, and, right.
0: and, and, the
3: Redskins right. and and the Eagles. And I'm not saying Dak is, is, is Aaron Rodgers. is not. I'm not yeah. saying Lamb or Amari Cooper is Demonte Adams because they're not. Right. But to Bobby's point, if we're able to stop the run, we run the football ourselves and put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I really feel like we have a chance to win this football game. I really feel that Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan have a game plan as long as we execute the game plan. Yeah. We
2: yeah, should see. be good to go. Yeah, see, for me, the key is going to be, I think Joe Bur- Joe Berry, the defensive coordinator for the Packers, I want to see how healthy Jair Alexander is. Because if Alexander is healthy, you match up Jair Alexander versus Debo Samuel. On the opposite side, you match up Eric Stokes versus Brandon Ayu. Let's see who wins those two matchups. Because right. Jerry Alexander, he caught an interception in the week three matchup when the Packers beat the Niners 30-28. to 28. Jerry Alexander. Over the, over the Over the yeah, Over, the, over, the, yeah. over, the, over here. One more thing real quick before we get out of here, folks. I got I to gotta say this. So last week on wild card weekend, I felt like Matthew Stafford had the most pressure to win on wild card weekend because he hasn't won the playoffs before. I said Matthew Stafford got to win. Like he gotta win this game. Now we in the division around the playoffs. Joe Burrow and the hometown Cincinnati Bengals, they already overachieved. Bless yeah, house money like played with house
1: money. They play with <laughs> house money. They already,
2: they, already, they already overachieved. Ryan Tannehill, he's not an elite quarterback. He there's no legacy to speak of. Patrick Mahomes, he's been the back back to back back-to-back Super Bowls. If you don't go to a third Super Bowl, it's okay. It's hard to get back to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen, you won a playoff game, led the Bills to the AFC Championship game last year. That was great. On the NFC side, Matthew Stafford finally got that monkey off his back when they beat the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night. Got his first playoff win. Tom Brady, seven Super Bowl championships. Tom Brady, Tom Brady. If he he loses this year, it's okay. Don't matter. All the pressure is on Aaron Rodgers in this divisional round of the playoffs. Make no mistake about it. He got to perform in this game. He cannot go home in the divisional round of the playoffs and lose again to the San Francisco 49ers, not his hometown team. It cannot happen again. I I never forget when Aaron Rodgers got drafted. You remember he fell in the draft because they were talking about the Niners drafting Aaron Rodgers. They They asked Aaron afterwards, like, you know, how, you know, how, should the 49ers feel for not drafting? "Oh, yeah. him, said, oh I'm yeah. gonna make him, you know, pay for that." You haven't done it, Aaron. You that's haven't it. made him pay. Yeah. That, that check this, bounced. This
0: yeah. So it, it, th- that's the thing, you but, know. Like he, this, this is huge this is it. because this is his legacy. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. let, let's just yeah. be honest. Yes, he got a ring, but when you're as good as Aaron Rodgers, and people yeah. expect every year, every year, every, every year, year, I can't. Tell you how many times at the beginning of the season I hear analysts say, man, I got the Packers going to the Super Bowl. That's how much people believe in Aaron Rodgers. But then you you look around and let's be honest, like the only other time that Aaron's really proved himself in an NFC championship game was in that Seattle one, which, you know, they didn't they didn't he didn't lose that game for them. That was just bad play calling and just stupid. All it was just a lot of stupid stuff all around. Yeah. In those other games blowouts. And yeah, in the game yeah. last year, Aaron was, let's be honest, he was timid. Yeah. Aaron picked the wrong time to say, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I should, you know, and, he, and when he should have ran when he would have normally ran, he didn't. Yes. So the, the Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you know, he's got a mental block that he's got to get past. Yeah. I was almost saying, like, I remember how Steve Young had to get that, the monkey off his back to win the Super nice. Bowl that time. Yeah. Even yeah. Aaron has that Super Bowl. That's what it's, this feels like to yeah. me. He has to get that Steve Monk, the Steve Young monkey, off his back and try to win a Super Bowl now. This is his legacy. He does. If he doesn't get it here, he can go win a Super Bowl somewhere else. People are always going to talk about how he could not win multiple Super Bowls being the best quarterback in the league in Green Bay. Yes, all the help and all that stuff. But there's many times they were set up for it. Yes. How many championship games do you go to? This is like Donovan McNabb stuff. This is it for you. Yeah, I I think I agree. I
1: think. I say this though. I, I'll even I'll double down almost. I would say that the, the quarterback, the two quarterbacks with the most to prove to prove, are in this game. I
3: exactly. think
1: both Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy G have the most the game yeah. by a win than anybody else in there. Uh, we know the Bengals playing with house money. You know, I don't get me wrong. I think if the Rams beat, um, you know, uh, uh, the Bucks, I don't think anybody's gonna. You know, they're, they're they got to get further than that. But I think if Jimmy G slays. Aaron Rodgers, this stock again goes yeah. up, and yep. I think Aaron Rodgers cannot lose the first playoff game to the Niners again. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. gonna be bad. I, right. I tell you right now, it's gonna be, you gonna it's gonna be bad. Just listening to me.
2: No, like, I, know. <laughs> you know, I know, I know,
0: I know. Packers fans may want him out. Of, I know, like Packers fans. may you know what? It's time to go. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, and then, I wouldn't say it because I ain't stupid. You you give me my quarterback that's gonna give me in the playoffs every year. You give me my quarterback, but there's a lot of Packer fans would be like, "Go!" Yeah. You me obviously was, didn't want to be here. Yeah. But you know what, though, fellas, yeah,
3: and I, you know this. You know what, fellas, and this may sound crazy to me. This might sound silly. I don't think Aaron Rodgers cares about his legacy. I don't. And you, I don't think. I don't think. I think Aaron Rodgers wants to win the football game. Right? I think he wants to win. But Aaron Rodgers to me does not come off as being some like Michael Jordan or a Tom Brady or a Peyton Matt. He's he's just that talented and he wants to win. But I don't, but I don't I don't see him as like if he loses, I lose to the best yeah. of yeah. all time. Yeah, I man, dis- man. I totally disagree. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, totally <laughs> totally I think he cares about his legacy, of, <laughs> I think he nah, cared about his
1: bro. legacy.
2: So yeah. I care. think care. Because, because, because this is the thing, fellas, y'all talking about pressure. See, I think. The remaining eight teams that's left. I think the LA Rams as a team got the most pressure to Agreed. win. Yeah, you know, they, they, but,
0: got, they got too much yeah. talent. They got team. too
2: much talent <laughs> not to win. But also the Packers right there too. Because over the last three years, under Matt LaFleur, the Packers in a regular season, they 39-10. Aaron Rodgers about to win his second you know NFL MVP under Matt LaFleur as the head coach. But he cannot lose to Jimmy G. In this round, and like I said, I think it's the, this is a game he has to win. And for his talent, Aaron Rodgers should be in the conversation with the greatest of all time.
1: Look, nobody these are cares who the coach is, bro. If you if they that they saying you the best quarterback, nobody cares who your coach. No, is. No, I know, I know. I'm just done. saying. I think the Rams had the most pressure as a team. Yeah, if the Packers lose. They're not gonna say Matt Lafleur lost. They're gonna right. say. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. He he get fired. Fired. Matt, Matt's,
0: Matt's not getting blamed Ford. for that. Right. Real, <laughs> quick, is, for that. Yeah. real quick, real quick. These oh, are
1: get fired for it. He might not get blamed, though. He'll okay. get blamed for it. Right. <laughs> it's going to be on Aaron Rodgers. These the are case three case.
2: quarterbacks yeah. who got multiple NFL MVPs and multiple titles. Since the Super Bowl era, Peyton Manning, he got five NFL MVPs, two Super Bowl rings. Tom Brady, three NFL MVPs, seven Super Bowl rings. Joe Montana, two NFL MVPs and four NFL Super Bowl so if Aaron Rodgers can get over the hump and win a Super Bowl he'll join that elite company and I believe his talent warrants it his talent warrants it but fellas we gotta wrap it up but it's prediction time on the Wise Guys Sports Show on the World Wide Sports Network so I'm gonna start off with you Christian and then I'm gonna go to you Darrell and then you might drop and then me so Christian give me your prediction for the Saturday wild card matchup between the Niners and the Packers? 28-24 Niners. Is said
3: 48? 28-28. Man, don't hurt me like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no, no, not say 48. No, i ain't crazy. 28-24 Niners.
0: <laughs> okay. What you got, Daryl? Man, um, it's crazy, man, because I don't want to say it's going to be a low-scoring game because I don't know if it's that or not, but it, I I'm going to say... With the weather report. With the weather report. Uh, and the, yeah, I think it's like four, I think it's supposed to be fourteen degrees. Yeah, okay. uh, fourteen degrees. Will chill. Uh, will chill. Uh, negative. Um, wind chill negative like zero. Or some stupid number. I'm gonna say twenty. Gonna say 24, 24, 21. Um, I would say twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty one. Um, and just I just think it's gonna be a close game because this is who they are. I mean, these yeah. two teams just. I don't want to speak too deep into it because I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. I just I just
2: hope my boys win. That's all I hope. Please get me over the hump. Man. Man, Hey, real quick, real quick, fellas, it just feels like in order for the Packers to reach their ultimate goal and for Aaron Rodgers to get back to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat some teams that you lost against already in the next postseason. It just, the demons. It, it just feel like it because because if we if, even if we win, if Tom Brady and the Bucks beat the Rams, we got to see the Bucks again at Lambeau next week. So it just feel like it's only right to play the Niners in the postseason at Lambeau for the right to get to the NFC Championship. It just feels like it's, it's part of the course, man. Go ahead, Mike Drop. He took my score. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going
1: to uh, go, since he took my score, I'm going to go 30-24 Niners.
2: 30-24. Okay, you got 30-24 Niners. Okay. The moment of truth. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers need to win this game. The Packers need to yeah, win this game. The Niners playing with house money. They playing with house money. They've already gotten farther than their expectations were. You know, at different points of the season, I remember early in the season the Niners were three and five. They dropped to eight and seven. You know, when they lost to the Titans before Christmas, they were down seventeen to zero to the LA Rams. I mean, their season was supposed to be over weeks ago. They're here. I think the Packers have all the pressure in this game. I think Aaron Rodgers will outperform Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Packers defense will contain that Niners running game. I know i rolled with the it Packers better. to beat the Niners. I got Packers 27, Niners 17. I think we contain that Niners running game, and we're going to force Jimmy G to have to beat us. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I don't think it's going to happen, it. so I'm rolling. I got to roll with my boys to get the job done. At Lambo, we're, we're surprised you picked him. We're so shocked. I don't think Absolutely. nobody on this panel was picking the
0: opposite. <laughs>
2: right, <laughs> Packers, 20, Packers twenty-seven, Niners seventeen. But real quick, before we get out of here, everybody send out to social media before we leave. Start off with you, Christian.
3: Uh, the Christian Bradley um, on IG um, for fashion tips and some stuff I got going on as far as me consulting, fashion fly underscore underscore low. I'm sorry, fly underscore four underscore low. And then on Facebook, um, this is my name, Christian Bradley. LinkedIn, Christian Bradley as well. Oh, and I'm hiring a try help. If you need a job, come holler at me. www.tryhelp.com. I got 12 open jobs. <laughs> so so holler at me.
2: Go ahead, Mike Drop. This is a famous DJ here in the city of Cincinnati. One of the best DJs. All right, my man, Mike Drop. Go ahead and shout to social media.
1: All right. So uh, on um, IG, it's just Mike Drop, M-I-C-D-R-O-P. Uh, on Facebook, it's Robert Anthony. On Twitter, it's Mike Drop. DJ mic drop, I think somebody stole my somebody hacked my other account. It used to just be (laughs) mic drop. The thievery, the thievery.
0: Go ahead, Daryl. You can hit me up on uh, Instagram. Let's see, Instagram, TikTok now, I guess. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, and on Twitter at DLo underscore Legacy. Um, You can also hit up the Legacy Maker Sports Network on Twitter at Legacy Maker S P N. You can hit us up on YouTube. and Facebook at Legacy Maker Sports Network. And you can hit us up on Instagram at Legacy Maker Sports. And I'm on
2: Facebook as Leo Leon Sr. Just for some context for our listeners, I got a text from Mike Drop on Monday, 11 17 a.m., when we knew we were playing the Niners. This was Mike Drop. He said, No cap. Y'all got the better team this year. But I know y'all don't want to play us because we give y'all a hella matchup problem. Real facts. He, <laughs> said, he said, We, y'all, Achilles heel. If y'all beat us, Y'all going to the Super Bowl. So, Mike drop already spoke. Christian, if we pull off this win over your Niners, do you believe my Packers are going to the Super Bowl? Yes. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, they I they better. <laughs> they better. I can't take another exactly. interview. <laughs>
3: that's, that's exactly. To me, it's a waste. It's a waste. You have, if you, I feel like whoever wins this game, going go, go to the Super Bowl. That's, that's how I feel.
0: Yeah. But, know, feel, I, 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 love, I feel that way, too. I, yeah.
3: My, my dream scenario is to be is for Jimmy to beat y'all, and then Jimmy to play Brady, Tom uh, Brady.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: In Tampa. That's that's my that's my that would be my dream scenario, and hope and hopefully Jimmy can beat Tom. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be
2: crazy? If
1: we're talking, I if be we're crazy. Talking dreams. If we're talking dream scenarios, we beat Green Bay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We beat Tom Brady, and then we beat Joe Burrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that's, oh, the, that's the that's the dream real quick so I'm just telling you you don't want another you know Bengals 49ers that'll be awesome you don't want to
2: play you don't want to face off against Patrick Mahomes again he already beat y'all two years ago in the Super Bowl
1: I, I, it will be more entertaining and this city would be way more fun if oh, yeah. I had to play the it, field will, it, will, it will be so <laughs> much fun I mean, I'm, saying, like, I'm just keeping <laughs> so well it first of all the city gonna be on fire man gonna, on fire. I'm gonna have a ball and Man. I ain't never picking the Bengals over us in no scenario. No way. Ever. No way. I ain't never said, I never said they ever had a better team than
2: us. Me either. Ever. Me either. Me either. <laughs> me either. But but real, but fellas, you know what would be crazy? If the Niners pull out the upset and beat the Packers at Lambeau. And then not even 24 hours later, if the Rams beat the Bucks, the Rams would host the NFC Championship game. Crazy. And if they beat the Niners. They well, would host the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. That would man, be crazy. that it, it could it could
0: happen all over again. We could never have back-to-back hosts in the Super Bowl, but that would be
2: crazy. Dude, that would be crazy, man. Who who who, do I, who do I got winning that game? Rams Bucks. Not hmm. who you got? Mike drop.
1: I mean, it's hard for me not to for me to go against Tom Brady. And I just yeah. I like I said eventually eventually Matt Stafford shows up. I mean, yeah. you know, like and I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. So I'm going to take Tom Brady because I think it'll be close. I don't think the Rams will blow them out. Um, but if the Rams get get up big, like I said, they're front runners. They, yeah, if they up on you, you're in trouble. Yeah, they're they're because,
0: not you getting know. stopped the up on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what do you
3: got in that game, they Chris? know you gotta
1: throw, and they know you gotta throw with that with the with dot with uh Von and uh Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah that, that's just a that's just a recipe for disaster. So Well,
2: you got Christian in that game.
3: I think the Rams are gonna beat them. And, and the reason why is that is that on offense, I know they get limited for netback back. But on offense, they're too banged up. You're missing Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is a beast, but you put Ram- Ramsey on, follows him and kind of negates him. I think again, you don't want to bet on Tom Brady. I just feel like they're missing too much. And, and, and Aaron Donald, probably probably this side of Lawrence Taylor or, or uh, Reggie White, is probably the most disruptive. I ain't ever seen a dude do the shit he do. Stuff he do. Right. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, Aaron yeah. Donald just, just 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 disrupts defense offenses all by himself. So. I think the Bucks have a have an issue with um a, a tackle or something like that. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. So
2: yeah, see, I, I'm actually rolling with the Rams to beat the Bucks yeah. as well. I think the, the not the, the Bucks got too many injuries and they've played the most games more than any other team, you know, at this point in the season, given the fact they went on a run last year. Uh, the only reason why we even giving the Bucks a chance is because of Tom Brady. But I think the Rams have a more complete team because oh, yeah. the Bucs dealing with so many injuries and they got some injuries up front. Jensen, the center uh, works. The tackle is injured as well. You know, they don't have the interchangeable parts like they had last year when they went on a run. No, a, Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin is out for the season. Uh, I think they're going to have to. Include their tight ends in their game plan if they're going to win. Talking about the Bucks, Rob Gronkowski. We know he's one of the best tight ends in NFL history. You know you got Cameron Braid, you got OJ Howard. That's where Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator for the Bucs, that's where they have to lean towards to have success for the right. Bucks offense. But I think Tom Brady keep the Bucks close. I got the Rams beating the Bucks thirty to twenty three. And the Rams beat the Bucks earlier this year,
3: right? They already beat them
1: this they year. Did. They, beat they them did.
0: Up.
2: 34-24. Well, you got, Darrell? They got the better team. Um, they got the
0: better team. I don't – I have a rule. I, I don't bet against Tom Brady, only because I've seen Tom Brady win with less talent um, on his team. And so, for me, it's just like I, until somebody can beat the man, I, I'm not going against him. Unless the Green Bay's playing him next week. That's a different scenario. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different scenario. But besides that, in any other game, I don't go against Tom Brady until you can prove that the Rams have beat him. Yeah, But I just, in this atmosphere, it's different. So I've seen him win with less talent I'm going with Tom and the Bucks. What's your score? Ooh, it's probably going to be crazy. So I, if I had
2: to go, it's going to be high scoring. I'll say 35 31. 35 31. 35, 31. And, I, yeah, and last week against the Cardinals, Stafford only threw 17 passes. Right, He's going to have to have way more pass attempts in this ahead. game. Yeah, they was ahead though. They but, was right. They was ahead. That's true. But fellas, I want to thank you all for joining me on the Wise Guys Sports Show on the Worldwide Sports Network. We are gonna have a great divisional round of the playoffs. Y'all enjoy y'all weekend. I'm definitely gonna be in contact with all three of y'all because we, we we gonna be we gonna be locked this in lockstep <laughs> on Saturday watching this game. And then and then real, I gotta say this. And Christian and Mike to know what I'm talking about when I say this. If the Bengals find a way to beat the Titans, I can, there's no way. That I could sleep good at night knowing the Bengals went farther in the playoffs than the Packers. So I'm gonna be sweating like I'm gonna be sweating bullets at the Bengals. Hey, they're
0: gonna let you have it, Trey. They're gonna let you have it. They've been waiting for it. You
2: gotta hope. You finally look. Oh my uh, God! I'm rooting for the
1: Bengals. I I mean, the the city is so much more fun when
3: when the city's fun when when they win, no
1: matter what nobody says. I love the, the Niners, but man, I'd love to see the Bengals win. Because these people—they—you they, thought they—they they was acting like they won the Super Bowl last week. Yeah, you know, they win this week,
0: man.
2: Hey, y'all might
0: not have a city to go to the next day. That, that's man. what I'm saying. <laughs> you Never
2: know. <laughs> yeah, but fellas, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Y'all have a good night. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Right, take, take care, you. brother. That was Mike Drop, diehard 49ers fan, Christian Bradley, diehard 49ers fan, and Darrell Owens. CEO of the Legacy Sportsmaker show on the Wise Guys Sports on the Worldwide Sports Network. There you have it. I got Packers 27, 49ers 17. Everybody, remember, go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow the Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I'm Trey Larkin signing off the Worldwide Sports Network. Everyone have a great night. Peace. You're, you're, you're
0: listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.